is uh, you know the percentage of lessons right now in within our industry are are greater typically in most kids programs than adult programs now. So to to have a child specialist program and child specialist instructors to support those numbers is really key and helps produce return um, business for our so. Um, children are also super authentic and we love them. There's another reason why it's so important to us. All, every person on this panel that we have has a huge love for, for teaching children and spending time with them and, and helping them grow. Um, from that, you know, we're here this week working on, on building more um, unity, more uh, consistency across across our three divisions. We started that when we moved to the CS product. Uh, how many years ago was that? Do you guys remember? 2008. Back in 2008, we started, We all, all of the divisions changed their titles from whatever they had to a child specialist program. And it, and it moved to a child specialist one or child specialist two. From that, we've gone to getting national standards and different products that we've made that we all look at nationally to help create a consistency across our country. And from that, we have reciprocity. So somebody who is up in Seattle and goes to do their CS1 at one of the resorts around there can come to Rocky Mountains and you come to one of the resorts here in the Rockies and will be recognized by the schools. And it's a really neat thing that we have going across our whole entire nation. Um, and then from that, we're now working on a continued process of that. We're working on creating learning outcomes that each of our divisions will use and help describe the process of what it is to be a child specialist one or child specialist two. This week, we've gone through a process of um, ste stepping back from what we've already created in the national standards and the rubric to looking like, if I was a child, who do I wanna go ski and ride with? Who do I wanna go snowboarding with? Or if I was a director, who would I want to hire? And then I think we had a third group is like, if I were gonna build my perfect instructor in front of me, what, that, what would that perfect children instructor look at? And we took all of those thoughts and that brainstorming and put it up on a wall and we had all sorts of pages all over our wall of words and titles and sentences and we started condensing those down into areas and topics and zones to, to meet the needs of, of I think what a, what a lot of our audiences are. And uh, yeah. So Zoe, has this been a, a meaningful week for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm newer to the to the task force here, and this is my second year coming in and, and joining them in some collaboration. And the really unique thing about our group um, is I think it's a little bit timeless. I feel like the children's group has always worked really well together um, to collaborate and move forward. We talk about wanting to be consistent across divisions, and I think with process we have some differences, but I think as far as uh, where our values lie and, and where we want to move uh, in the future, I think we all feel pretty strongly and, and like we're, we're consistent on that front. Um, and on top of that, it's just really, really exciting to be in a group of people who are just willing to share and, and feel comfortable with everybody, so. Now there was a method to my madness in the seating because I wanted Zoe, who's fairly new to this, next to Patty, who is a legend in children's teaching. <laughs> Patty. A little bit about your origins. Well, actually, the children's accreditation started 20 years ago. And it was the evolution of the junior education team that was at the, pre at the present, it was there, and the National Children's 
chair and we went to the directors and asked them how we could help them um, be better. And they gave us two reasons. One was to have more information on terrain parks and the other was how to have more, keep more children's instructors engaged in the schools so they didn't have a revolving door. So we suggested this accreditation. At, in 2008, the accreditation and a representative from every single division, some of them too, got together and changed the name to Children's Specialist and started working on how we could make this program reciprocal across all of our nine divisions at the time. And so that's been really exciting. A couple things that came out of that is that, as Zoe had said, is that um, our processes might be a little different due to geography or whatever. However, our outcomes of knowing about that child and what you can do for that child to create a great learning experience on the mountain um, was one thing. And also what you can expect from a different age group um, in each of the stages of development. So it's been really successful. Um, it's a profitable situation. And as Dusty said, this is our future. So, and I, as we all said, we are all very passionate about children. So Kim, you are uh, very involved with PSIA Northwest. And um, and tell us, really kind of introduce yourself, tell us your reasons for being involved in the children's program the way you are. Uh, I am from the Northwest. I've been in the Northwest for many years. I'm the education VP and an and Alpine examiner. And where my love really is, is outside of that, outside of the certification realm and completely in the education realm how we validate and honor the actual educational journey that our members take. Uh, the certification route isn't the only validation that they have to be true professional educators. We have the, this educational process via uh, children, freestyle as well, where we have a substantiated national standard that is saying that yes, you are an, a credentialed, professional with a, a clear skill set that is applicable, meets the needs of mountain management, directors, ski schools, snow sports schools, and it gives our members a, a pathway to, for career development and professional development. And I wanted Sue to be right next to you because she's all the way on the other end of the country. <laughs> <laughs> so I am. <laughs> What do you see as differences from division to division and why this is so important that the unification is really coming together? That's a very good question. Um, and I'm really hoping you're the person to have asked it. <laughs> <laughs> when, if you were a fly on the wall in our discussion groups here at the conference, um, we have Rocky Mountain very rep well represented on either ends of this table um, coming from big resorts. And I think in the east, we have big resorts, but we also have a ton of small resorts. And the important part I, I feel that I can play here is representing those small resorts. So how can we take the information that's put out there and will it be consistent from the big resorts to the small resorts, from the full-time um, pros to the part-timers? We have a lot of part-timers. I know Central Division does as well, um, but it's, it's how do we support those instructors so they're getting the educational material that they need um, and that we are yeah providing just the same product that the bigger resorts with more resources are getting 
Stacy, can you expound on that as well? Um, expound, can you repeat the question, sorry. Oh, just the differences between divisions and really the way the unification is coming together and why that's important to this. And is it working? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to believe that it's working, and I do believe that it's working. Um, and I think Sue brought up a great point. Um, I've been fortunate enough to travel and see many of the schools in a variety of divisions, and the instructor makeup is different from division to division. Some divisions are um, have more full-time instructors, and some divisions have more part-time instructors. Um, I think our guest varies from division to division. And so um, because of all of those differences, the more consistent we are as a task force in building our content, um, the better we're serving the guests. And in our case, those guests are children, and they are children who are hopefully going to stay engaged in the sport for a really long time. Now, Dusty, um, you're really one of the ones who's helping to put this all together. And then uh, the rest of the people on this panel are the people who are giving you valuable input on what you are doing. Um, has this week, have you seen some, some results that you're happy with? <laughs> you know, that last part of that was, is, is, a, is a good point I, there, I right? I thought that was a really important point. Because you probably saw me last night with a pretty big frown. Um, you know, it, it was really neat, you know. Um, Throughout yesterday and and this morning, there there's been points of frustration because when we when we put all this stuff out on the wall, it's a lot of material, a lot of stuff, and then um, taking what we have and and trying to fit it into a different format or a different hoop, um, and you start wordsmithing and stuff like that. You 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 have conflict with people of of disagreement of opinions and. Um, and then the clarity pieces and, and then just understanding of why are we going through this? Uh, can't, can't we do it a different method? And so really we, we had a lot of muddy water coming out of yesterday through this morning until about an hour ago, actually, which is pretty awesome. And then about an hour ago, we, we arrived at a point where we, where we create, created three different outcomes that the, the entire group is some mostly agreed upon that we can walk away here from that they're all still living documents. They're still gonna mold and change as we have a chance to go out and try them and put them through a litmus test of what they are. But I'm in a happy place now. Like, I, I feel like we have something that, that is valuable to each of the divisions and each one of these representatives from each division can go back to their, their home committee and their home membership and share stuff with them and let them know that that here's stuff that we're doing for you, and, and they've created stuff that adds clarity to to the candidates, to the members that want to take our product. And it's also adding consistency to the staff that will be administering those products. And so we're, we're really getting that transparency to happen out of this, and it, it was really neat. Like, there was a moment of like, oh, suck. But we got past it. So it was really good. Um, and. And there's obviously still a lot, lot to do and a lot of work to happen with this to, to build and unfold, unpack this suitcase below it even more so there's more clarity and more, more uh, what's the word I'm after? Exact, precise, what's the word I'm after? Yeah, not it. But anyway, I've been thinking too many words lately. But <laughs> my wordsmithing ended about an hour ago. But, that, um, but we, we've gotten to a good place, and it's been good. Um, 
And there is, and, and, our, and a big part of it is, ha, has really been our learning process with our new toys. Um, our entire staff had these to, to keep our, our staff on point. Um, because if we didn't, we'd have to take a break about every half hour. And this doubled our time. We could actually have a work session until we had to take another break. Um, but uh, so you'll see these around in lots of little videos and clips from our kids group playing in the different little locations of playing to the point where, where we're starting to categorize different outcomes. Hashtag fidget spin. So, so Stace, you, you want to describe our different signals that we have with our spinners down there? Sure. So this is welcome. This is peace, love, and this is thanks for visiting. And what's get out? I'm sorry? What was get out? Get out? Huh? That was thanks for visiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh that's right. You guys kept yeah. the That's the polite way of saying <laughs> time to go. But this one's our favorite right here. We like this one the most. Well, I think we can thank Sue for these, right? Yeah. Now, I want to get into what you were doing yesterday. That was fun to be a fly on the wall for. And when you broke into groups that had to be, look at an instructor, what, what uh, qualities an instructor would you like as a director? What do you want to be as an instructor? And what would you want in your instructor as a child? And Zoe, I want to start with you on the child. That one was hard because you had to really get out of the zone and become children. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of times we pride ourselves working with kids every day that we kind of know what they want. Um, but I think the group that was trying to put their, put their head in that realm realized that they were putting some of their expectations and their understanding um, onto it instead of just saying, hey, what would, what would a kid want? And I think eventually they got to the point where it was like realistically the, the kid is the kid's not going to care if the instructor's doing backflips that they shouldn't or whatnot. They're going to say, hey, that looks cool. I want to go with them. And so it was really important to take away almost our adult approach, our analytical approach to it, and um, just solely see through the eyes of the kids and, and the things that they find important that not always are at the forefront of importance for adults. And I think that's the difference. I am really impressed that Dusty's fidget spinner was going off. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been practicing. You know, along with that, with trying to be the child, we observed some situations where there was a teacher and children and the qualities that you, know, you could see visually what was going on and why the kids really adhered to that, that teacher versus a few situations, sadly enough, where maybe the kids might not want to go with some of those people. From the perspective of mountain management and directors, we also looked at that arena. What, do they, what are they looking for? What is a children's educated person, a credentialed children's specialist? What does that mean? What is their perspective? And we really came down to, I need to know as the director that that person with that credential is going to be able to fit in specifically to where I want them at that given time, that day on the, on the hill with that lineup and that they can trust that the, the, the credential itself, the certificate itself, is going to allow them to do that. So we, we dove a little bit more deeper into that, though, and looked at what are the elements of that instructor that 
we can say, because they're a children credentialed specialist, that they do have the capacity to meet the needs of, of the student and the, and the director knows it. What is it about it? Is it the way they look? Is it the way they dress? Is it how they articulate their words? Is it how they're standing at lineup? Is it how, is their back to the, to the guests coming up the hill because they're chatting with their friends? Are they open? Are they closed? Just what are those elements going on? And then how can we develop that instructor so that they can enhance their own professional experience to know that the skills that they're bringing to the table are the right skills and are validated. You don't want the youngest, least experienced instructor going out with the kids as, you know, that's their first time too, so. No, no. That's, yes. that's not what we're looking for anymore. <laughs> well, it's good that you put Sue and I together because um, we were a little bit of the renegades yesterday. And Grant. And Grant was yeah. with us too. And um, so to that point, we, um, decided that actually uh, children's instructors are ageless and that it really comes down to being able to um, provide an experience where the from the child's perspective, it's a playful experience. From the parent's perspective, it's a learning experience. And from the instructor's perspective, it's a combination of both. And so um, I think we all believe that once an instructor goes through the CS1 and the CS2, um, and has a depth of teaching experience, um, they're able to go out and play on the mountain with children of all ages and develop fundamental skills almost without the child's awareness of that. Yeah, I just wanted to say that as, um, as the instructor, I tried to put myself in that frontline mentality of facing the student and what, what is going through my mind and knowing that when I face that student, that child, really doesn't matter the age, but I need to um, address, I need to, you know, those first seconds of meeting that person is on their level, and no matter what that level is, no matter what their energy level is. So that's something that, as an instructor, you, you, I was thinking that I need to consider um, of meeting them at their, if it's a low energy level, going in kind of low and slow and then building from there. If it's high energy, kind of coming in it with a lot of enthusiasm and going from there. But wherever we, whatever the starting point is, it's, it's, it's having some intuit, in, intuition to reading what the student is. And that, what, that was like the instructor um, helmet, so to speak. I think two of the words I heard the most were genuine and engaging. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it's kind of like this is just good teaching like we're hearing among all the different divisions, snowboard, adaptive, alpine, everything. It's really the same with kids, isn't it, Dusty? Absolutely. Uh, not part of our discussion that we've had uh, or some of the frustration we looked at was, well, what makes a child specialist different from just going through your level one, two, or three in whatever discipline you are? And, and so we're building an outcome and we put it up on the wall and we look at it and we're like, well, yeah, but they're doing that at level one and level two and level three. So are we just going to build this to get scrapped for somebody else's anyway? And this frustration going through the process, but, um, it, it led us to a, pro a point where we could see some separation between what we are at a child specialist program here and some of our, our core outcomes of child development and and having a third person in, in, in our relationship there. You know, a lot, lot, a lot of instructors that are just teaching adults only have, have a instructor and a student partnership there, but we also have the parent we have to consider as a, as a third part of what we got going on. 
And so when we come up with our objectives for the day, we gotta take what the motivations are for the kid, listen to the parent because they're part of that, and sometimes there needs to be some coaching to the parent. Like, here's some real expectations that you can walk away from, or, um, or like, that's a, that's a great thing. We can mold that, and I can, I can combine what you want with what the child wants. And sometimes it's much diffi more difficult when what the parent wants is realistic, but what the child wants is totally something over here that they want is realistic, but they don't go together. And so we really need to work on our soft, and our, our soft skills and communication skills to get those two to align so that we can keep that child engaged in doing what they want to do while still meeting the needs of the parent and giving them value for what they've purchased. Um, that, that was a pretty hear, big thing. But I'd love to hear input from all of you on how that happens because children are so special with that because you do have multiple expectations. I mean, maybe dad wants something different than mom or the grandparents brought him up or, and then exactly what Dusty was saying, the child wants to do something that maybe isn't uh, possible at all, but how can you address that? I think for an instructor, it's especially for a kid's lesson, it's really interesting. It's the only lesson um, that goes out that the consumer is not the person in the lesson. And um, I think on the instructor's part, uh, it really falls on them to, to utilize all of their knowledge and skills to be able to take into consideration the, motiva the motivations of two different parties and how to even if you can you know, even if they have to be as creative as possible, find some common thread there um, and be able to create a lesson goal, a lesson outcome that is going to fit both of those. And I think that's why the credentials that we, we give children's instructors are so important because it really allows them to be creative and, and utilize all the knowledge and understanding they have of both the technical skills, teaching skills, to bring that together and to fulfill the needs of not only the student but the parent as well. One of the things that I think about, oh, one of the things I think about, or, or I ask myself, is what's misaligned if the parent's goals are different from the child's goals, or vice versa, and try to diff, like qualify. So usually, those that lies in skills, and that becomes our our goal focus is is teaching them the skills. And even if they the child gets a little bit of what they're after, then I think that we've we've met the goal. I don't know if that makes sense to any of you guys, but. Sue, can you, I think the awesome thing about Sue, particular, hold your microphone because Sue. <laughs> <laughs> you have a unique perspective that's so important to this task force because you are a, a head coach. You, you are coaching children on a race course, right? So maybe could you talk about that a little bit? And you have a unique different approach than some of us do? That, well, the question is kind of my world. Um, so can you repeat the question? You're coaching. No, no, not oh, your sorry. question, but that Karen. one that was. Oh, I thought the question came from yeah. Kim. Well, it is. it is, it is, but it is. It's about multiple goals, because right. you have the child who wants, possibly wants something that's different than what the, the mother wants, or what the father wants, right. or what the grandparents, or whoever it is that's bringing that child in for coaching or ski instruction or snowboard instruction. Well, and, of, and oftentimes it's also vice versa, where the child has greater expectations of where they're at. And so there's that level of disappointment, and they think that, um, you know, you see it in, resu in results where they're just so disappointed with how they ended up. And as a coach, you, you recognize that you, you put yourself into it to their skill development, um, and it involves their pacing and um, 
working with the whole race environment. You just have to do what we do in, in lessons where we do it step by step, you know, take a step back and look at the whole picture and see, consider their goals, consider um, the parents' perspective because it, it is valued. They're paying for it, you know, they know their children, they know what their kids do out of skiing more so than I do. So, you know, I've got some parents who know that their children are exceptional um, soccer players or lacrosse players, and so they come at, at ski racing knowing that their kids are great athletes, and why aren't they performing at as high a level in ski, in ski racing? And so you have to take that into consideration. Um, we do our best, and we work, you know, with the, the psychology of the athlete, and try to encourage them to keep at it, um, working with their motivations, knowing that somewhere, um, Stacy deals with this a lot, um, where they are in the long-term athlete development. Try to encourage them to stay in it long enough so that their, um, their performance matches their mat uh, maturity, you know, till they get to be mature bodies, so to speak. So sometimes we're just the, uh, the cheerleading squad too. <laughs> yeah, I totally concur with what Sue said. And I, um, I've learned a lot from working with both PSIA and USSA. And one of the things that I encourage our instructors to do is to engage the parents in a conversation. Um, so to ask the parents, you, a lot of times parents don't tell you up front what their goals are for the lesson. You know, they want to make sure their child is feeling safe and happy and that they're establishing rapport with the instructor in the beginning. And I like for instructors to take that opportunity to bring the parents into the conversation at the start of the day, you know, and, and ask them, hey, what, what are your kind of expectations for today? And I like the instructor to do that with the child present so that it's a conversation between instructor, parent, and child. Um, and oftentimes the instructor can then help guide or direct the parent's goals and expectations so they're a little more in alignment with what the instructor knows about children of that age and potentially at that stage of development. And I think that's really where the CS1 and the CS2 provide the content to help an instructor do that. And something else I wanna to touch on that we're really talking about here how about first impressions? Uh, a child might walk in and think, you know, Kim Petram, who's laid back and super cool and just, hey. <laughs> and, but a parent comes in and, and the kid might be really attracted to that. Mm -hmm. Whereas the parent might come in and just be maybe not appalled, but like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Um, so, you know, that falls under what we would consider professionalism. And... Um, it's really important that, a construct, that an instructor can communicate at a parent's level and at a child's level. And um, sometimes if you're too far to one direction, you know, if your communication style is too far to the children's side, you're probably ha gonna have a harder time connecting with parents. And on the converse, if you're too far to the parent's side, you may have a hard time connecting with the child. So it's about being really aware of how you're showing up um, every day, and, and that's a big piece of just training with children's instructors and making their making sure their perspective about how they show up is is that they have an awareness of that. I mean, there's such a responsibility with teaching children too. I, from the director's side, I mean, my first thought was, 
okay, Zoe, you're going out with 13 kids. I hope you're coming back with 13 <laughs> kids that all have the same name. <laughs> and, at the same time, so you've got to be very aware of what your class is doing, um, making sure they're engaged and with you at all times, but you've got to make sure that they're having fun and you've got all the different learning styles that are in there with different ages and those are, there's huge issues in here that, I mean, we don't have time to address all of them, but I, I'd love for you to expound a little bit on that. Um, yeah, I like the way you just <laughs> hand the mic off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, if you kind of just read into a little bit of what you said, you know, realize that what you added in there was safety, fun, and learning, right? That's how we try and create, yeah, it's our, that's how we try and create lesson experiences. and. Um, of course, you know, I think from the parent perspective, from the supervisor perspective, um, yeah, you want that instructor to come back with all their kids and all in one piece for sure. Um, but, you know, what that really, all of these things, I think within a, a CS1 or CS2, we have content and um, the tools that are going to help that instructor be able to, you know, hit each one of those notes. And, um, you know, it just because you're being safe doesn't mean it's not going to be fun and and just because you're being fun doesn't mean it's not going to be safe there's a way to to blend these things and like Stacey no said sometimes learning happens and the, the child doesn't realize and that's the that's the usually the best learning that's the beauty of it um, because they're having fun and they're staying, staying safe doing it and so that's why I really appreciate all the content that has been built within these credentials because it enables the instructors to blend those beautifully into a fun learning experience. Anything else any of you want to add? I was just going to make a quick comment about the parent relationship that part of our job is um, to educate a parent that you may not reach the goal that that parent wants but explaining why maybe physically that child is not capable of those activities yet but this is what we're building up to and the same thing often goes with the child that I want to ski black diamonds that's all I want to do um, the child says and you look at and assess the child and realize I we're, we're not there yet but let's do this and we're gonna work up to getting to those black diamonds doing these activities. So it's education, the parents, and, and you know, in our education for the children. But little well. Billy skied shark tooth with <coughs> Uncle Dan, you know, so, yesterday. <laughs> so, so the question goes, the question goes back, did he ski it or did he just get down? Oh, he just got down. Okay, then we know what we need to work on. So. And I think it's really important that we know, you know, things about people in our class, like when it's their birthday. Stacy Garish. Oh, <laughs> happy birthday. So I think we should all wish Stacy Garish a happy birthday. It's probably been one of the most memorable birthdays I've had in a very long time. So thank you all for that. It's been a great day. Dusty she got a quality know. song from about 200 people today, so I it did. was pretty good. It yeah. worked out pretty neat. Yeah, they, uh, they got the whole lift line maze to sing Happy Birthday to me, which was pretty awesome and embarrassing at the same time. I mean, you only get to celebrate your 21st once. Exactly. Yeah, 21. <laughs> so I know, I'm ageless. You know, and some kind of neat, neat stuff that that's come out of this, this week that, that's been touched on a little bit. Of, as we went through our big brainstorming activities... Some of the stuff that highlighted to us wasn't 
super embedded into our standard and some of our rubric stuff that we came came light and, and it's been discussed here. It, it's that communication, that engagement, that the, the softer skills. Um, and so it, it's been kind of neat to, to, as we looked at what the child wants and what that, that director wants, um, because you know they're looking at somebody who, who's gonna be their friend and create that relationship, create that trust. Um, and it was neat to see that we have some room to, you know, we have some places that we need to keep growing and building to. And then, um, and then the other part, you're talking about the content that we have, and we have all these models that we can push out at, in, in the kids' processes that oftentimes is daunting or overwhelming to people when they first step into it. And really the intent is, is the more you have a handle of these models that we use in kids' process, really the, the simpler and more specific you can be with the people that are in front of you. And it really lends to itself to not just being a great kids instructor, but it lends itself to being a great instructor. And because what you, when you learn about child development, you're learning about human development. And what we do as we learn motor skills as a child, we typically repeat that as adults and in their senior years of life. And so if we have an understanding of that, we have an ability to, to understand the whole person in front of us. And really our goal when we, when we look at understanding the whole child is, is understanding who they are, how do they think about stuff, how do they, what do they feel about stuff, and how do they move. And then that relates to adults and twos. So it's really encouraging to see the amount of people who don't necessarily teach a ton of children, maybe every now and then, but teach all adults come through our process and, and walk away being like, wow, that really is gonna help me understand that this group of adults in front of me as I have a 21-year-old, a 30-year-old, and maybe somebody in their 60s or 70s, and be able to manage that group from the content and knowledge that we're sharing in, in our children's processes. And in closing, I'd just like to get a sentence or two from each of you. What makes a successful child's lesson? Zoe, let's start with you, because I can just <laughs> see the enthusiasm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would say that it, it depends on the child, honestly. So. Um, I, I, <laughs> a, a successful child's lesson is is one where where you know the kids come back smiling and 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 got a lot out of it. So. It's always really cool. I think learning something new is kind of the benefit. But if they're safe and they've had fun, and then oh my gosh, they learned something too because I can see that they know how to do hockey stops now or whatever it is is very rewarding to the family, to the child, and to the instructor. Kim? I think one of the unique things about uh, snow sports is that kids come to the hill for a different life experience than when they are in school, in their regular school day, where they may not be the most popular child, or they may have issues going on in their life that are outside of their control. When they come to the mountain, they're in a class of their peers, and they're there to have fun and have a good time and to, be, to belong and to have this sense of community, and it's the instructor's job to ensure that happens, but I think that's where, at the end of the day, we, we really shine. We've created this opportunity for children to have life experiences that are life-changing. Sue? What Kim said. <laughs> <laughs> no, what Zoe said. <laughs> Cop out. Cop out. No. No, I'm going to say, um, a successful learning experience, teaching experience with kids is, when I approach it, I've got this general idea of what needs to happen, but so often 
it's just the surprises. It's those cool surprises that happens in a lesson, be it an hour or a day or a weekend. And a lot of times coming from that is something that I learn from them, that they teach me or that they remind me of, you know, something that I've forgotten about how to be a kid. Yeah, that's so great, right? Seeing life through their eyes is the best. Um, so for me, I think there's three things that indicate success. The first one is when you get to take a child to a new part of the mountain because they've developed their skills and to see the bewilderment in their eyes, you know, to experience something brand new. Um, the second thing for me is a little more long-term and that is when they come back the next winter and they see you before you see them and they come running across the snow to give you a hug. So to me, that's a huge indication of success. And the third is when they come back years later because they want to be an instructor to work with you. So that's when we know we've really had some success. And you've experienced that even though you're 21. Even though I'm 21. <laughs> I started when I was 12. Um, so thank you for pointing that out. But yes, I have experienced that. And I currently have more than two handfuls of instructors on my staff who were children that I taught. And to me, that's one of the greatest honors I could ever wish for in this career. So it's pretty awesome. Dusty, anything you want to say to wrap up? Uh, sure. You know, just my perspective is because of the diversity of opportunity we have here, it is a sport. Um, a lot of what I, I judge success has been said as far as they had fun, they want to come back. Um, but one that hasn't been said that sometimes I, I judge success on is that they walk away a little bit frustrated. And they, and they walk away frustrated because they're in the middle of a challenge or an adventure that they are now totally motivated to go conquer. And sometimes at the end of a lesson, it's not totally complete and they're in process and they walk away frustrated, but yet that they still continue to work on it. And, event, and typically eventually there is success there, but it doesn't always every day have to be successful. And that's, and that's a neat part of sometimes having that successful lesson. You know what I loved about this last question is that every one of you, when you were answering it, you have the neatest smile on your face <laughs> and your passion and love for what you do really came through. So thank you. You're welcome. What's the sig you. Wait, what's the signal? Uh, That's right. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're telling me to get out? <laughs> <laughs> no, this would be get out. That one's good. Oh. Out. oh, oh this is peace. <laughs> Oh, peace, you gotta go that way. <laughs> 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 yes, I, 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 I,